Retro Blist is from here on out dedicated to Jane Franklin. The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. Trevor, at least we got this job at Nintendo. I'm so happy about this. Oh, man, I'm so excited. It's 1987, a brand new year. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, we got jobs even though we're not even 10 years old yet. It's <laughs> a fantastic goo-goo gaga. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for springing that detail on me. I guess that's yep. accurate, though. Uh, you're, right. you're right. I mean, I'm right. Not you. Me. I am correct. And I just got in. Uh, we got this meeting with the president of Nintendo. And we gotta bring him some twist endings for the next Metroid game. Apparently, uh, that revealed that now here's a big spoiler alert that uh, that she's a she's a woman. I mean, you know, that's the right pronouns for that. That's yeah. a bi- that was a big Samus deal. Samus is a woman. Yeah, uh, and apparently it was a big deal, and they want us to try to replicate with another type of twist. Maybe you know, M Night Shyamalan type stuff. Who doesn't exist yet? Yeah. Who? Okay. Well, let's let's knock on the president's door here. All right, here we Nintendo go. Nintendo CEO. Okay. Sir, it's a, it's an honor, and uh, we we understand you're looking for a new twist ending to rival Samus being a woman. That strong, powerful ending. Okay. All right. So Trevor and I have come up with uh, I, I just. Some really, I think you're gonna love these great, fantastic twist ideas. Trevor, why don't you, why don't you give the first? Okay, one? I did just think of one. You know, Super Mario Brothers is obviously Nintendo's flagship hit, and I think it's time for a Mario Brothers two. I think it would probably be called Mario Brothers Doki Doki Two or something like that. We'll just call it that. And at the end of Mario Brothers two, wait, did Mario Brothers two come out by now? Never mind, our timelines are crossed. <laughs> So at the end of this next Mario game, it's revealed. So, so you know, Samus, if you get the good ending, she reveals, you know, takes off some of her suit, and that's how you find out she's a woman. Well, I believe in an equal world, so Mario starts to shed some of his clothes if you beat it in a fast enough time. Yeah. But it's revealed, Mr. President, and Johnny, you're going to like this too. I already, I'm already on board. It's revealed that he still has clothes on under his clothes, because Mario is a never nude. I love this idea. Mr. President, what do you think? Oh, really? Oh, oh. That's kind of, I mean, you could have just said no. That's good. All right, okay, how about this? Uh, I think you're going to love this one. All right, so, for the next Metroid game, right, the big reveal at the very end, uh, after, you know, she goes through all this trouble of defeating the aliens and the monsters and all this stuff, and I mean, and she, you know, she really has, it's really difficult. We're going to make this game even tougher than the last one. And the big reveal at the end of it will be that uh, the last monster that she destroys, the, the big, the big man boss is the one who holds all her debt. She's really in debt. And this is how she gets out of it. <laughs> she has, I mean, I'm talking credit cards. I'm talking... I'm talking, uh, she's taking out like multiple, multiple 
mortgages on her house. I mean, all these. I mean, she's got a. She just bought a new car. So she's killing the banker. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. That's amazing, Johnny. I bow to you, uh, Mr. President. Oh, I mean, really? I, I thought he'd like that one, uh, Trevor. I guess you got another one. Um. Well, no, never mind. That was just a, a Reese's cup in my pocket. I was gonna. Uh, all I know about is this this podcast I keep hearing about, but I don't even know what a podcast is. Oh, I think I got the idea you're thinking of. Are you thinking what I'm thinking that you're thinking? Retro Blist! Everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Retro Blist. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to do all the heavy lifting. <laughs> uh, uh, no, this our feet do that, Johnny. <laughs> no, you're not even kidding, and they're tired of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, uh, we are your definitive redneck <laughs> voices yeah. uh, of retro gaming kingdoms uh, that's not a that sentence made no kingdoms i don't know like what. kingdom redneck remix heart three yeah i'm not talking in sentences that make sense right no no i no. just had a mcrib so that's all i'm thinking about is how good that mcrib was Mm-mm, loving that mcrib Mm-mm, trevor had one too uh trevor quick review uh, one out of ten what do you give the mcrib i'm giving it a full ten <sighs> you've asked me this before and i don't remember what i said well, you just had one today. You literally just finished it. All right. You want a serious review? I do want a serious review. <laughs> I uh, like barbecue sauce. Yeah. I really like this Check. mystery meat. The Check. pork mystery meat. Check. Yep. I even like the bun. It's better than regular, like, cheap McDonald's hamburger bun. True. Yes. Um, I think the McGrib is slightly overpriced, but you got to remember, I, I mostly eat off the value menu. <laughs> um, But I'm still going to give it an eight. That's that's yeah. that's really good. Uh, I thought the one we had today was a ten because they had perfect amount of onions put on it, mm-hmm. not too many, and they were all slathered into barbecue sauce. Uh, the I'm not a pickle guy, uh, so I can easily take those off. But uh, but I thought mine was perfect. Mine was a nine and a half to a ten all night long. And speaking of all, all night long. long uh, yeah. What game did we play? <laughs> I didn't know where to go with that. Um, Super Metroid. Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. 1994 Nintendo R&D 1 and Intelligent Systems. Johnny, to start off, I just think we need to clear the air for those who didn't listen to our pocket review episode about Metroid Zero Mission. Yep. We have notoriously, notorious to me anyways, avoided, for me, not really intentionally, just never committed to playing any of the 2D Metroid games. Until or any Metroid game. I played and loved Metroid Prime. Oh, I thought you meant for the show. Sorry. Oh, no, not for... I mean in general. Okay, yeah, like, I you. Yeah. Just, it's just an embarrassing <laughs> blind spot. I played the first one 
Because I owned it at one point, and I played it a little well, bit. Well, that's weird. I had it, too. I don't know if we were borrowing it. I don't know what the deal is. I never... I was an idiot. I never made hardly any progress in the original Metroid as a kid. Did you? Or did you play it much? I played it a little bit, especially when I first got it. Okay. I never beat it, though. Okay. I do know that. So I, don't, I don't know how far You played Metroid it. more than me, then. Um, Metroid Prime, I guess it technically doesn't qualify for the show, but... I felt top, it to be, ten, top 10 game for me of all time. I did find the first Metroid to be very frustrating just because I'd get lost. It's notoriously frustrating, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, yeah. But we covered Metroid Zero Mission uh, on Pocket Reviews. You can go back and listen to that, which was a remake of the original Metroid. Yeah. Um, but this is Super Metroid. This is a different beast in some ways. It is a different beast from anything we've covered on the show. Yeah. And it was... Honest to goodness, my first experience with a game that's considered, you know, one of the goats. So, we're kind of coming in this kind of like we did with the Earthbound episode. Kind of a little bit of, a little bit blind. Yeah, I think. Uh, obviously, we're aware of it. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, you can't not be aware of it, but yeah, it's one it of just the, amazes me that we hadn't really played it. It's definitely one of uh, Nintendo's flagship characters, for sure. Oh, yeah. And, and again, Metroid Prime, this is how stupid I am. Metroid Prime was a rev... I can't say that. I can never say this word and always try to. Revolution? Revelatory? Revelatory. Game for me. Nice word. I play. thought it was the best game of that generation. Just incredible. It's amazing how good it still looks, too. I, I really feel like that game involved witchcraft. <laughs> but I didn't think to go back and play the 2D Metroids until... Which is strange to me. 20 years later. Which is very strange to me because you love 2D games. I know. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. I think I was a little overwhelmed just by the... I was overweight. I was a little <laughs> overweight. I thought I'm too fat to play the Metroid games. <laughs> no. I, I have no excuse. I just... I was putting them off for a rainy day. And it's... What if we were too fat? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're then checking BMI if you can play a game. Oh, right? it's, it's too intense. We might have a heart attack. Uh, or the, the nimble nimbility, nimbleness. That's a word. The dexterity required for the motions in this game yeah. were not cleared by doctors to play it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, speaking of which, doctors, Trevor, uh, we are a very open and honest podcast. That's what oh, people yeah. love from us. And before we get into Super Metroid, you had a story of what happened to you at work. You want okay. to tell. So I think I'll just explain it from... Completely from my perspective. So I work in the operating room. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice broke. I work in the operating room. I see gross stuff all the time. But it's the gross stuff I'm used to seeing. You know, it's expected. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to go into the details of my job. But part of my job is to basically chart what happens. So for part of the case, I'm sitting at the desk typing. You know, usually up and down doing stuff, getting stuff, and then back typing a little more. So at this moment... I'm really just focused on what I'm typing, you know, really entering some information, sitting at my desk. Um, everything is going fine, you know, nobody needs anything. And, boom, like, I need Chris to add a sound effect there. This explosion, like, explosion went off on my desk. And it reminded me, Tom Hanks, and I, you know, I remind myself of Tom Hanks, really, but... <laughs> I read a or I listened to an interview with him recently where he was talking about how 
filming Saving Private Ryan, it was all fake, and he wasn't remotely comparing himself to people who were really there at D-Day. But they did do a lot of things when they were filming, like they would have explosions going off and the actors didn't know about them, and there would be like people with intestines spilling out, and things the actors didn't know about just happening all around them. And I kind of felt like that, like I was in, in the middle of this fake D-Day because there was guts, giblets is what I call them, pieces of, of human flesh, blood all over my desk, on my phone, and very much felt some hit my face, um, just right there on my face. And it was super loud, and the whole room gasped, like everybody jumped. It was on my desk, but people across the room gasped, because it was an explosion. Well, it's not as exciting as that makes it sound. Basically, what had happened is there's a cup with um, an implant that was taken out of the patient. I want to be clear, the patient was fine. That's what blows my mind, because if you yeah. just first hear this, you think that patient is not doing good. No, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah. It was something that was taken out of the patient and put in this cup, and then I poured, or I gave the the other person in the room some hydrogen peroxide because they asked for it. And then I went back to my business not thinking about what they're doing with it. Well, they put it in this cup to, I guess, clean this implant, which had the human flesh and blood and junk all over it. And then they closed the lid. And I don't know a lot about chemistry, but I guess closing a container with hydrogen peroxide... Not a good idea. Not a good idea. And it created a miniature bomb. And so the container exploded and all the contents went on me and the desk and everything that's basically what happened how long did it take you to feel clean i really didn't the rest of the day there's no way you can right and i couldn't like i couldn't go really wash off or anything there it's the middle of the surgery the surgery had to continue but it just it was so disgusting what like, the, was the patient they didn't wake up did oh they? no they were asleep oh thank goodness <laughs> the patient was fine and it wasn't anything that involved the surgery at all um it was just uh careless accident that um made me feel like i was a hero and yeah. today's veterans day so that's appropriate <laughs> just kidding i'm not a hero uh, um well, wow what but a, it was disgusting what a day at work huh yeah. i almost peed on myself the other day that's as close as i've gotten to disgusting you want to talk about fluids <laughs> i don't because i know where this is going to go i lost six and a half pounds over the weekend and it wasn't because you were trying no we'll just leave it at that uh let's just say uh, sometimes uh, sickness can make you uh, lose some weight. Yep. It's always a good thing. Oh. Speaking of losing weight, Trevor, uh, we were at the correct BPI to play Super Metroid. Yep. <laughs> so, BP, BP, wait, BP, yeah. BMI. There we go. Oh, I, said I, knew it, I, didn't, I knew it didn't sound right, but it took me a minute. What's BPI? <laughs> Body Points Index. Body P Index. Body P Index, That's yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah uh, but uh, via... We, uh, we're at the right amount of fat to play Super Metroid. <laughs> so Super Metroid, <laughs> gross stories are over. Like I said, 1994, the legendary R&D One team and Intelligent Systems, um, directed by Yoshio Sakamoto, who was listed as an artist in the original Metroid. Sometimes it's hard to tell with these original, especially in the NES era, yeah, exactly what all a person did. But the director of Super Metroid was listed as an artist in the original. Um, and he himself has said in an interview that he was hugely influenced by Alien, the movie Alien, but especially the work of H.R. Geiger, who designed the creature. And so I think that makes a lot of sense if you played Super Metroid. Um, but, and I thought this was just exciting, and I wish I could remember, I don't think it was the gaming historian, 
but I would give credit if I could remember who it was. But I watched this awesome video, and they were talking about, besides a few key members of the original Metroid, um, most of the staff who designed Super Metroid were very young, up-and-comers, working at Nintendo, their first big like game. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I can, I can relate to this. Yeah. Young, healthy, up-and-comers. Yeah, yeah. They were just super eager. And so what really stuck out is this legendary game wasn't really designed by some magical dream team. It was designed with blood and sweat and apparently stench of the youth. Oh, man, that's Be- always good. Because they told stories about how... Uh, other members of Nintendo would walk like past the rooms where they would work and even sleep and just stay all the time to try to work on Super Metroid. And apparently it stunk so bad it became quite a story around Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, they went on to design a game that impressed Gunpei Yokoi, who invented the Game Boy and um, uh, the head of R&D1, just an absolute legend. Apparently he was notoriously kind of like just like a hard, a hard acre. Is that what kids say today? I have no idea what you're going <laughs> He was for. a cool dude, you know. Like, he rode a motorcycle everywhere. He didn't hand out praise very often. But he... He was a tough nut to crack. A tough nut to crack. And apparently he just really wasn't sure about Super Metroid. A lot of people weren't. And, but then he played it. And it became his favorite game. And he talked about it and compared other games to it constantly. That's how you know you've got a good game. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That, that's... Awesome, these young whippersnappers are kind of the... the Man, I'm old, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say a sentence, you sound older and older. <laughs> so these youngins uh, were really uh, the heart of Super Metroid, not like some senior dream team, like you would think for a game like this. Yeah. Anyways, this is the third in the Metroid series, as the title screen clearly states. And um, let's just go again into the... Graphics. Let's get into it. Didn't sound the same. See, I'll give it that. Yeah, you know what else is great? When no. You have a McRib, and it sounds like I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm not even is this sure. a commercial? <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> but when you have a McRib, and you eat the McRib with the onions on it, and then like your just mouth just tastes like that for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what you do. This is super gross. <laughs> okay. Um. By the way, I guess we're giving up hope that anybody new would discover us because we're covering Super Metroid because we're just being as gross as usual. <laughs> well, uh, I feel like we might as well just be ourselves. That's true, yeah. There's no point to lie to people. I have, and you might be hearing it on the microphone, so I'm sorry, but I've had like little pieces of meat stuck in my teeth this whole time. Like, Are you sure it's the McRib and not that explosion you were talking about? Well, <laughs> you never know. Like, I just want to swallow the rest of it. Okay, get it down. It might be whatever a patient's name. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, uh, oh, that's gross. So, 
straight from the title screen, the graphics are super moody, atmospheric. Yes. Well, that's how you can kind of explain the whole game, really, right? Yes. It's moody and atmospheric, for sure. Uh, but graphically, I agree with you. It, it really does that. Uh, but it's also, at the same time, to me, uh, the, the sprites are really well done. The characters definitely have their own feel to them. Yeah. Especially the main one, obviously. Uh, you know, especially mm-hmm. our main our, our main hero there. But it's just... They're just very, very... Uh, what's the word? There's a word I'm looking for. Not atmospheric, but something similar to that. Anyway. Uh, distinct? It, yes, yes, distinct. Very distinct. You can definitely tell the influence graphically, even from... The mm-hmm. Alien movies, as weird as that may sound. Yeah, no. But I, I feel like you can definitely tell that. And I thought this game... Now, I played it on the... What's Switch it Online? Yeah. Or and, SNES Online. Yeah. On the Switch. So, it looked really good on a high-dev TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that really helped me a lot with this. And it, I thought it looked pretty dang fantastic. I guess I'll go and say I played, actually, the Super Famicom cart, which, pro tip, this cartridge is getting up there in price, but a few years ago i bought the super famicom version because it's 100 identical it's 100 english and a plug for the analog super nt man it just looks so good it's just the original cartridge it's not doing anything fancy but it plays on hdtv and looks so good um so i got to play you know with the snes controller on real hardware and just it still just looks so vibrant and so good um but i just gotta say that title screen I even thought when I saw it, that might be my favorite title screen in a game. I also thought they did a really good job of, you know, we, <laughs> notoriously, uh, the Final Fantasy game we covered, uh, we were not the biggest fans of. However, one of the things we did like was that it felt very cinematic, yeah, yeah. even from the opening. And I think this game does too. Yeah. Yeah, when the, so the title screen, you got the, uh, the Metroid there in the center, well, the container's broken out, which leads literally into the first part of the game. But there's bloody, broken bodies in the background. Yeah. Which lets you know right away, okay, this isn't Nintendo's normal. By the way, I love how this game starts, and we'll get into that in the gameplay. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, even from the opening uh, segment there, I think you're kind of like, I have to see where this is going to go. And the game as a whole, like, it never pulls the craziest, most advanced Super Nintendo effects. But what it does is it creates such a cohesive world that each area, (laughs) unlike the original Metroid, each area looks different enough and distinct enough that... And it feels believable enough, I guess is is the point. It feels like Alien Planet. uh, They at least have different... uh, well, different colors for sure, but also a different, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, like in Mario, the different worlds have different, like, you know. A the, motif. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. A different motif or, or color scheme to them, which really, yeah. really helps. And that, like, you, like you mentioned, uh, the creature designs, <laughs> some of the ones in the original Metroid, if I remember, uh, were odd. I really like them. I think in this, they really honed in, and they pretty much all look cool. Yeah. I mean, you got a couple that are literally just like um, glowing blobs or circles, but even they somehow weirdly fit because the game is so alien and so yeah. odd. Um, 
the bosses, which we'll get into a little bit with gameplay. By the way, I don't really intend to spoil everything. I don't think I need to go through all the bosses or all the levels. That's not really what I plan to do. Um, but I will say that the bosses look absolutely incredible. Oh yes, yes, uh, they most certainly do. Uh, and they're all and they're different types. Uh, like some will fill up the whole screen, and then some uh, just have a way of moving around uh, that you got to figure out, you know, that type of thing. So uh, I really thought the boss designs are the ones that I saw. I didn't see them all. But the ones that I saw were very interesting. Oh, yeah. Which cannot, which that's the best way to say. Like, uh, my favorite enemy were the ones that kind of look like Prey Menaces, sort of. Yeah, I think they're the Space Pirates. Yeah, there are different kinds of them. Yeah. Uh, but they were probably my favorite. Uh, just, they kind of reminded me a little bit of Scyther from Pokemon. No, yeah. Who was my favorite Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> but just because I thought he looked cool. So I thought those guys looked pretty, pretty sweet. Yes, and they, uh, the cool thing about them, sorry, <laughs> I can't get away with anything. I tried uh, not to laugh, but I just can't. <laughs> this McRib is really attacking my body. <laughs> it still tastes good. Yeah, it was um, awesome. Um, um, the, the Space Pirates, yeah, who do look a lot like Pragmanuses, they change throughout the game, and there's like visual cues, like their color will change. And so, like, you might have taken these out with missiles, but now you can't fight these with missiles. Yeah, you got to find a different way. Right. So, yeah. that, And I think there's other enemies, too, where, like, just the way they look is kind of a visual cue of what to do, especially the bosses. Well, visual visual cue is a good thing, too, because also to get around, uh, there's different ways to opening the doors, right? Oh, yeah. And you got to look at the color of the door to, yeah. to realize how to open it, which I thought was pretty... That's a pretty cool and innovative way to do that. Yeah. Because you're not... You don't have to... Go around looking for keys, yeah. But you got to go around and make sure you get this certain ability, or to be able to open these. And yeah, it all comes back to Samus, whose design also changes as the game goes on. Yeah, that's the thing about this game. Yeah, the you do a lot of uh, backtracking, going back to areas you've seen, but it feels a little fresh and different because at the very least, Samus has changed. So yeah, which that I guess that's kind of gameplay, but graphically too, just. Um, there's really nothing wasted graphically. I think yeah. that's the point. Yeah, if the door is a certain color, it's, there's a reason. If you see this switch, but it's through a wall and you can't reach it, you'll reach it later. There's a reason for it. Um, if the wall looks a little different, it might be a hint that you can blow it out. Yes. Um, there's a lot of little yeah. hidden things in this game. And I want to get more to this in gameplay, but I think the graphics deserve a shout out for it. It's incredible how this game navigates you without you knowing it. Like, you feel lost sometimes with the way the levels are designed, but also graphically the cues we were mentioning kind of nudge you in the right direction sometimes. More than The game's giving you more help than you think it is. And I think the graphics are part of that. I think they definitely help. I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't get lost. Cause oh, I no, no. That's definitely part of it. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right, but anything yeah. else graphically before we get into uh, the music? No, I think it's a great-looking Super Nintendo game, and yep. just uh, need to see it yourself. Yep, for sure. Uh, music? Sounds? Let's get into it.
I I'm gonna blow your way on this. Oh no. On the last uh, what was the name of that one for the pocket review we did again? Metroid Zero Mission. There's so many different names, I can't keep them straight. Yeah, it's a little complicated. Uh, you loved the music, and I was like, eh, it was okay, right? Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I freaking love this music. Nice. <laughs> it's so good. I think it's head and shoulders better than that one. That's my personal opinion. It does a fantastic job of setting the mood mm-hmm. for this game. It, all of it feels, all of it has like a sense of dread to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, even down to, uh, like, even from the first level, I th- all the music that I heard, I liked. I didn't hear one that I thought was mediocre, even, personally. I thought every one was good, mm-hmm. and, uh, man, I really, it's been, it's been a while since uh, a soundtrack really connected with me in the games we've covered. But this is definitely one that I would say I would look up just a soundtrack to listen to. I in the I'm not going to sit here and say that I like it as much as like Sonic 2 soundtrack because that to me is still one of my all time favorites. But I will say uh, that it easily, if I kept listening to it, it can definitely crawl up and rank up pretty high for me because I really yeah. really enjoyed the music on this. It makes me jealous of people who actually played the game and weren't an idiot like me back in '94. There was just nothing like this. The atmosphere that this music created, the cohesive world that the music created, man, like there's just nothing like it. But in 2021, I can still absolutely fall in love with it, like you said, and I agree. Uh, Metroid Zero Mission had, I think, some original music and also a lot of like remade versions of the original Metroid. Yeah. Um, so I, lo- I love but it. it. Also, but it also had some... To me, it felt like it was a bit funkier than it needed to be. Does that make sense? It was, yeah. It this was nowhere one, near as atmosphere. And this one does not do that. This one is no. way more about atmosphere and wanting to deliver mood to yep. you and give that feeling of, man, something could be around the corner and I need to be careful. I'm going to say, this is <laughs> nothing I say about this game or you say about this game is going to be news to most people. But this is easily one of the best Super Nintendo soundtracks. And... <sighs> For me, this is saying a lot because you know I have a maybe even un uh, unrealistic love for Donkey Kong Country too. Yeah. But to me, this is this is of that caliber, be it completely different, but almost almost more brilliant because it's just so organically a part of the game. Yeah. How can a sixteen-bit chip tune soundtrack? create this kind of atmosphere. It's just incredible. And that's saying something because the Super Nintendo had some game soundtracks that were, as the kids say, popping. Yes. You know, uh, Super Mario World was freaking fantastic. Uh, Donkey Kong Country games, like you said. Uh, you know, David Wise killing it on those. And then this one, man, uh, that's that's pretty incredible. Uh, Kenji, Yom- Kenji Yamamoto is listed as the primary composer and he's worked on a lot of games, uh, Punch Out, for example. But the the part I wanted to pull out of here is he was asked to come back for Metroid Prime, and he did the music for those games. And it makes so much sense to me now because one of the best things about Metroid Prime, even not really knowing much about Super Metroid back when I played it, is like, man, it just feels like this music is a part of this world, and it's always been there. You know what? It really this is going to sound strange, but see if you agree with me here. 
The music is such a part of this game that it really reminded me of when I was first getting when I was first playing the Halo games because the music in those games to me really did the same thing of giving you the feeling and really not just being there in the game but being a part of the game. Yeah. I'm I'm going to say that that makes sense because and I don't think this is too much of a stretch. I feel like Super Metroid changed that. It was like the starting point of that. Yeah. Um, because the, there really wasn't anything like it. Not, especially not for an action game. I mean, RPGs have always sort of been about the soundtracks, but for an action game, a Nintendo action game, like, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, even today, it seems a lot of games, like the music is kind of an afterthought. Yes. And that was not the case here. So I, I wrote, I, I can't even pick favorites. The Norfair theme is fantastic. It's got like this driving ominous drum beat. And the Brinstar Overworld, which I know you know, it's kind of like one of the main overworlds you're in. Yeah. Just so fantastic. To me, the Brinstar, Brinstar, I'm making lots of people mad. <laughs> in fact, Samus or Samus. So many people say Samus, but I can't do it. I think it's Samus to me. Um, I keep wanting to say Seamus because of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to be hated. Yeah. So Seamus, uh, no, Brinstar, Brin, Brian? Brinstar to me. <laughs> Brinstar sounds like a, a company you call if you, if you can't, like you got to change a tire. <laughs> and Brinstar sounds like a shrimp business. <laughs> but anyways, there's like the high rule overworld theme of this game. What if we put those two companies together <laughs> and like you break down on the side of the road and you call that number and they go by and they drive by and throw shrimp at you? <laughs> they feed you shrimp while you change your tire. <laughs> but, <laughs> we just thought of it. That's our idea. You can't steal it. No, don't take that. But anyways, that overworld theme is like, it's sort of like the Hyrule overworld theme, except it lets you know this is an alien game. Yeah. This game is odd. Um, did you make it to the, and I'll mispronounce it, so I'm not going to try to say it. It starts with the M. It's like an underwater area. There's the, You walk through the tube and the music changes and there's like this piano music. Yes. I love that. Yeah. That underwater theme. I, it's, I didn't beat the game, but I did get to the, I think, yeah. Where did I get to? What was the last thing I did? <laughs> last thing I did was get like a new power, and I can't remember what it was now. Anyway, but yeah. The power of love? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Finally. There's there's nothing bad about the music. There's nothing wrong with the music. There's nothing I would change. Just when you think, like, man, I love it. I just wish there was even more of it. It would change, and you'd yeah. find new music. This is definitely one of those games where I definitely recommend uh, you turn that up and don't have a podcast play. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I couldn't. Even when I was basically just exploring things I'd already seen before, yeah, I had to have the music up. Yeah. And I'll say, um, while this is not a horror game, if you turn the lights down and the music way up, I honestly, I kind of had to make myself stop playing after a while because like, it kind of gives you an unsettled feeling. Yeah, and I think the music is very much a big part of that. Yeah. Alright, so anything else we need to say before we get into the gameplay? Let's get into gameplay. Let's get into it.
Um. You know, you're about to say something important because you just ummed really loud. Actually, no. I have this weird thing where I get into little nitty gritty details. Yeah. I need you to start with the basics. Yeah, basic so, overall. What's your basic overall stuff? So, basic overall, <laughs> it's a Metroidvania. <laughs> I won't get into that. I think I got into that last time. But when people say Metroidvania, drives you bonkers. They're really talking about it's, it's like Super Metroid. That's really what they're saying. When did Castlevania come out? Because that's the other one they're trying to invoke here. Yes. The original Castlevania came out around the time of Metroid, but Castlevania Symphony, Symphony of the Night is the one I think they're talking about because it had expo- exploration. Yeah. But that came out after Super Metroid. It was a, itself a Metroid-like game. Anyways, but that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, both games are good, though, on their own. No, fantastic. I just don't understand why we call them Metroidvania. People got to be able to label something something. I guess, yeah. yeah. So, it's not just a straightforward action game, but there's plenty of action. Yeah. Um, I think describing how the game, you said you love how it starts, I think that's a good way to explain that this isn't your average action game for people who truly haven't played Metroid. Yeah, so basically you land on this on this planet, and you go into it, and you're thinking, oh, so this is the first level is what you're thinking, but really what you're doing is the intro, uh, yeah. really. Because once you get to a certain point, and you even have a little boss battle there. Uh, after that, you got to get out of there because the whole place is going up in, in smoke, as they say. And that's how the game intros you. It's, uh, <laughs> it yeah. throws you to the wolves, uh, and you got to get out in time uh, before the place blows up. And you're like, oh man. And that in itself, you're like, what? You know, what just happened? And then you realize, oh, that's just kind of the introduction of this game. It's not really even the first level, really. Yeah. And, and you discover pretty early on that you can't open every door. It's like, oh, i got to use missiles on this door. And the game kind of guides you into finding some hidden things so you can progress. Oh, by the way, having played Metroid Zero Mission, I don't know if you picked up on this, um, which, of course, is the original Metroid, I love how the start of this game, eventually you end up in the same area that... The original Metroid ended. You go to the place where Mother Brain was defeated, and you end up where the you originally collected that morph ball in the original game. Yeah, I love that. But anyways, you find the morph ball, and that's when I think things really click. Like, oh, now I can get to little tight spaces I couldn't get before. Yeah. And so basically, you're shooting with if you don't change the controls, it's the X button. You're jumping with the A button. You can crouch with down, but once you have the morph ball, you can turn into a ball, which is one of the defining parts of this game. Um, (laughs) You can run with a B button, and I'm ashamed to admit that one of the only times I looked up any help on this game, there was one other one, but one of the only times was super early on, because I didn't realize there was a run button. And I know that sounds so stupid, but... I just thought this is Metroid. You're going to gain abilities. I'm going to have to gain the ability to run. But no, right from the start, you can press B to run. And you have to early on or you're totally stuck. Yeah. Um, and of course, oh, well, not of course. Kind of revolutionary, I think, for the time. If you hold L or R, you can shoot at an angle. Yes, yeah. yes, which is very awesome. Uh, really helps, especially with like flying enemies or ones yeah. that are swooping at your head. But the thing about Metroid is... The controls are pretty simple to start with, but it's definitely a gamer's game. Like, this was not made for little kids even back in the day. It, it requires some nimble... I can't use that word again. Some nimbility with your fingers. Yeah. Some dexterity. 
But as the game goes, the more abilities you get, the more of that it requires. Um, which I think is kind of genius because, for example, the grapple beam. Did you get the grapple beam? No, uh, I didn't get. I don't. I don't remember that. I, I must think, have missed it. I think you would remember it. It's, it. it's it's later on that you get it, but it requires a whole new skill level, and uh, it frustrated me at first. But you eventually get the hang of it. Um, the I have to mention um, the wall jump in this game is. Uh, famous or infamous, however you look at it, it is completely intentional. Like, there's no reason it needed to be this hard. It is simply very tricky to pull off. And you only have to do it a few times during the game. But I can't think of any game I've ever played, from this era at least, that required such just literal, like, a physical skill just to be able to progress. Like, not getting past an enemy. Just like, hey, if you're going to make it past this point, you're going to have to figure out the wall jump at least a little bit. And it's genuinely tricky. Um, I guess I'll give a pro tip because this is actually helpful because it took me like 20 minutes to figure it out. If you jump on the wall, you press the other direction, then you jump. It's not necessarily intuitive, but if you just hit the wall and then press jump, you're never going to get it. You hit the wall, press the direction, then jump really quick. It's like a, it's a timing. And once you get it, it's not so bad, but man. Um... But anyways, that's that's the basic gameplay: running, jumping, shooting. Yeah, but you're constantly upgrading. Yeah, even your armor gets upgraded from time to time. So, uh, but I think that's one of the cool things is discovering new, uh, like beams that she would get or anything like that. It's kind of part of the fun of it. Oh yeah. So I don't want to give away everything if you've never played this. No. Like that's kind of fun of this game is the actual uh, exploration. Even though, again. To be fair, I hate getting lost in a game. It really annoys me. And that did happen a couple times in this. I'm not going to sit here and act like he didn't. But I do think that part of the game is exploring and uh, trying to find some of these hidden secrets and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of part of the fun of it, too, at the same time. So I was really, <laughs> when it came to that aspect of it, I was very torn of it. But uh, I thought I did a much better job than the last one we played. <laughs> So the, I had, sitting in bed at night, because this is what I think of, I came up with a single word to describe what makes Super Metroid the game it is. And exploration is the word I want to use, but I also don't, I have a terrible sense of direction in real life. I genuinely do. I got that from my mom. I honestly did. And it extends to games. Like, when I get lost, I get really lost. So it's not really the getting lost that I enjoy so much. It's like, well, what is it? Like, what is one way you could sum up what makes Super Metroid what it is? And discovery. I think discovery is the word. It's like you said. It's what area I'm going to find next. What power up. Um, and so many times in this game, I'm like, there's no reason to do this. But I'm going to lay a super bomb right here just because I'm curious. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that worked. I just discovered... Five more connected rooms and two more power-ups because I tried something crazy. Yeah, I will say that I told you I did this today. I looked I looked up a YouTube video of somebody playing this, and they obviously knew where everything was at. And my mind was blown, all this stuff that I had missed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Because there's just certain times that you're just rewarded. That, that's why I said the key to this game's success is discovery. It's not just that you explore, but you're so often rewarded for it. And to be fair, I don't think the original Metroid 
did that as well. Because sometimes you would just go somewhere and there just wasn't anything. But in this game, every single time, and I, and I couldn't find a single time that if you found something that was sort of out of the way, there was always a reason behind it. It, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Zelda in that you're constantly kind of upgrading things. Yeah. And really comes in handy. <laughs> yes. When you're going to get some of the... Because the game will progressively send tougher and tougher enemies your way. And that, that's Yeah, that's true. That's it, it combines the Zelda thing where you're getting like the new weapons. Like in Zelda, it might be the hookshot or the yeah. bow and arrow. But also, you're able to hold more hearts and stuff. And you kind of do the same thing with... Yeah, well, same as here. Cause she tanks. gets she gets tougher with yeah with energy tanks and stuff. And that's what's cool. Like you don't have to find all the energy tanks, all the missile upgrades, all the super bomb. But they're upgrades. a lot of help. But well, yeah, when you you know you feel powerful because when you get to the next boss, I'm not gonna spoil. I, I'm just not going to. I, I know I know everybody spoiled Super Metroid, but I'll just say one of the very last bosses. I love it because it's so simple. One of the last bosses is so simple. It just requires you to be freaking Rambo. You got to use all your missiles. You got to use everything you got and let them have it. And it makes you feel so cool because you spent the whole game building it up. And it makes it feel like, you know what? It was worth it. It was worth going out of my way for all these missile tanks because I'm not sure I could have done it if I didn't have them. But it's also ingenious in that you don't really have to find them all. You'll be fine if you have some patience. Because um, it actually is not an impossible game by any means. It's pretty reasonable. It's pretty generous, actually, with the health. Um, Metroid does something, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a Metroid thing. It's not very often you'll just get a flat-out health like refill. You will. Like, in whenever you get an energy tank, it refills all your health. More often than not, you have to farm enemies. Like, yes. You'll find these constantly respawning enemies. But they do a really good job of constantly giving you missiles back or or life back they do yeah. a really good job of that just from farming the, right the enemies and so yeah it's kind of up to you how long do you want to farm and how long do you want to risk it and just go the save points though this game has battery backup cartridge save which is totally necessary no password thank goodness uh the save points are pretty generous how long how long do you think it, it overall do you think it takes to beat this game well i can tell you exactly for me uh I did finish it, and I took my time. But I know some people don't take as long. It took me 11 hours and 28 minutes. All right, I'll tell you this. The YouTube video I watched, keep in mind, this is obviously somebody yeah, who's... Yeah, you feel stupid now. No, no I'm, <laughs> I'm going to qualify it for you. All right, this is somebody who obviously knew where everything was at, and they would beeline for these things. They didn't mm -hmm. meander. They didn't... Uh, I mean, if they knew they could skip enemies, they would jump around and skip them. They wouldn't try to kill all of them or anything like that. Yeah. So they were just going straight through to beat the game. And then they did it in uh, like two hours and a half. Yeah. So it's I think, depending on how you want to play this, you can do it anywhere from there to... Or, which I'm more like you, in that I would rather... If a game has a lot more to offer, I want to experience that. Yeah. So. Uh, I, th I think this game gives people incentive to speedrun your second or third time. But the first time through, I wanted to take my time. Yeah. At the same time... I do think also... Uh, sorry to interrupt you, because no, I know you had, you had a thought. Also, though, if this is a game you play a lot and you get good at it, you can really impress people. Yes. <laughs> because I know some of these things they pull off really are impressive. Because some of it is just pure gaming skill. Because, for example, I beat the game, but the wall jump is still tricky to me. 
Uh, you get an ability, ability late in the game, the Shine Spark. Yeah. Or it's not called the Shine Spark. Spark. It's called the Screw Attack. People do a trick with it called the Shine Spark, which yeah. I, I don't. Is that where you do the spin thing? Yeah. Yeah. See, I I never got there, but I saw the guy do it. Yeah. And technically, you can basically stay in the air for basically an infinite amount of time. Yeah. But it's a little tricky. So I, I think it's brilliant because. The game always requires video game skills. Uh, it's just, if you really have crazy video game skills, you can beat it super quick. If you don't, you're going to have to plug away a little bit. But it's just kind of brilliantly designed that way. Like, it never feels like it's holding your hand, and it doesn't. Like, that's one of the differences between this and... I'm, I'm betting Metroid Dread. I've intentionally held off on playing that. But I'm betting Metroid Dread steers you in the right direction a little more just because it's a modern game. This one was very subtle with it. But it feels like if you plugged away, you could always figure it out. And it's the same way with the boss fights and all of it. If you're just patient, you'll be able to do it. Um, and so it just always feels rewarding. Um, there's a moment... I, I was talking about moments where you're like, holy crap, I can't believe that worked. There's a moment where I laid a bomb somewhere. That's all I'm going to say. Thinking, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I, I've done everything I can. Oh, you mean in the game? In the game, yes. Yeah. Because there's a few points... I thought you meant you went to the... Yeah. <laughs> there's a few points where you can't explore the whole area if you've already been back to. You're kind of locked. And I'm like, there's nowhere else I can go. I know the game's not broken. What's going on? It's like, I'm just going to try laying a bomb here. And something cool happened, and my mind was blown. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'll just say the tubes. And those of you who played the game know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, let's see. There's there's a boss fight that I could figure out how to beat it. I'm like, this is impossible. And so it was only the second time I looked up like a FAQ playing the game. And I'm mad at myself for doing it. Because the way you beat it is so clever. But I don't know if I ever figured it out. Because clever is not... It's not how I'm generally known. Um... But, anyways, I'm starting to ramble. The point is, you're playing as this character who is pretty awesome to begin with. But by the end of... <laughs> by the end of it. So this is a retro blister thing, by the way. Whenever we cover a really big game, I have crazy bodily functions. It's just the way it works. By the end of the game, I'd say the last two hours. And we, like other podcasts, we don't edit them out. No, no. I would say for the last two hours, I felt like a rough character. Like, man, I'm just going to say it, Johnny, brace yourself. For the last two hours, I felt like a badass. And Samus... Oh, beep that, Chris. Beep it out. Well, you know the old expression, Nope. And sit, there's just no. I'm trying oh, to think of another gonna, word. You're gonna get us. We're gonna get explicit on this episode. Oh man! And it's all there, your. There's fault. no other word for it. Like there's no other word for how Samus is in the last two hours of this game. I think she's that for the whole game, honestly. She, she is. Yeah. But you feel so cool with the last couple hours because yeah. you got the screw attack. You're gliding through parts of the game that made you want to cuss before are like nothing now. Yeah. Um, this game takes backtracking to an art form. Because you're so excited to go through this part and it's nothing now. And just so everybody knows, what Trevor meant by badass <gasps> is that uh, it's like uh, a, a donkey who's... 
who's misbehaving and is not good at things. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, yep. In the biblical sense, that's how I'm in it. Um, <laughs> basically, you feel like you're cheating. You feel like a, you feel like you're a hacker or a speedrunner for those last couple hours pulling off all these tricks. Yet, the game then throws a missile sponge at you. Uh, Ridley, I mean, that's no, it's no secret. Um, sorry, see, I just watched Alien. Ridley is the game. And Ridley Scott, of course, directed Alien. And Ripley's the main character in Alien. It's all very confusing. Yeah. Um, but he's a missile sponge. So even though the game is giving you all the stuff, it's still not a cakewalk. Um, uh, so the ending sequence, I'm not going to spoil it. I know everybody else has already spoiled it. I've seen it. It's just so freaking epic. It's really cool. And it's, it's got a twist to it. It does have a twist ending. Um, and the final boss you think is a pushover. And it's just a callback to the original Metroid, but then it's not a pushover. And then there's redemption, and basically, kind of a moral story that, you know, maybe ex- exterminating a whole species isn't the right thing to do. <laughs> um, who knew? Who knew? It's the the hints in the name of the game, and it's just so epic. And then the escape sequence. So I'm giving vague spoilers, but it's Metroid. You probably know, because most of it is staples by now. But it's just so epic. I wish most of it was off staples. <laughs> oh my goodness. But at the end, it tells you how long you took. I was 11 hours, 28 minutes. I know if you go to howlongtobeat.com, which... No joke there. Um, <laughs> minutes. <laughs> minutes at most. Um, but I'm going past that. Something's wrong. I think eight and a half or nine hours is what most Good people Lord, say. Good Lord, I couldn't last that long, that's for sure. Is <laughs> what most people say. But this was my first time playing the game. I got lost plenty. And I didn't waste time intentionally, but I did go out of my way to get things that weren't necessary. But even then, I only collected 81%. Almost a fifth of the stuff in this game is still sitting there waiting for me to find it, which blows my mind. Like, how did I leave that much stuff behind? There's just so many secrets. But you do get a different ending screen based on your completion time. I got a thumbs up from Samus, which I think is technically the worst. Um, But I'll leave the rest for you to discover. But it's just based on time. Um, I think you've got to get two to three hours to get the best ending. So you really do have to speed run it to get the very best ending. Yeah. Good job, you not good donkey. (laughs) Yeah. But really, the ending screen is just a bonus. The ending is the whole final climatic scene. Yeah. But, poof, I didn't go into details about the bosses or any of the levels because somehow I managed to not have this game completely spoiled for me. And if you've not played this game, I don't want you to have it completely spoiled for you. You know, our Earthbound episode, that game has continued to be truly special to me. And I sometimes regret that I found the need to spoil everything. We were very fair about it. We warned everyone a hundred times. But it's like, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have done it. So I'm not going to do it here. Uh, Johnny, did you have anything else to say about the gameplay? <laughs> There's literally nothing I could add. You talked for 40 minutes. I know I did. <laughs> I was going to read. So whenever we cover a, like a flagship game, I kind of want to know what did people think about it at the time. Yeah. You know. Oh, don't do this. Oh, is it part of the quiz? I may have a bliss quiz on mine about this, so you may have already ruined it. 
All right. Well, I'll, if there's anything I need to say, I'll say it later then. Okay. Um, Basically, they all thought it was good, though. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Speak- oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I got my stuff confused. You can If it's oh. about Super Metroid, you can totally do it. Okay, yeah, yeah it's just Super Metroid. Sorry, sorry. All right, so the game holds a 96.55% on uh, game rankings, um, which is up there near the very top. IGN put it on their number four of their, and this is the critics' ranking, put it number four on their top 100 games of all time. Uh, Super Mario World, Link to the Past, and Portal were number were number. God almighty, <laughs> were numbers one through three. So sitting in high society there. That that means to IGN it beat out games like Halo, Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild. That that's impressive. All the Final Fantasies. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that impressed you. So EGM in 1997, which was just a few years after the game came out, put it at number six on their top 100 games of all time. But this blew my mind. In 2002, for issue 150, the EGM staff voted Super Metroid their number one game of all time. Which, for me, EGM, I mean, they don't mean maybe much now, but that was a big deal. Um, in our day, that was a I lo- that was my favorite magazine. Yes. So, so you ready to get into the hour reviews? Yep. So let's. Uh, how do we do this? Reviews. <laughs> let's get into it. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? It does not matter. I can because I feel like I've said most of what I need to say. Okay. Um, in fact, right. I wrote no notes. There's right. no more notes. So I'm going to time you and see how long it takes you to get to your score. And go. Super Metroid. I put it off. And to be clear, for the last few years, I kind of knew I would probably enjoy it. But I just wait until the right time to play it. Whatever. Um, and I freaking loved it. It was just one of those experiences, playing through it these last couple weeks, taking my time after work. It, just the atmosphere got me, the music got me, the boss fights, the fact that sometimes you literally stumble on a boss boss fight and don't even know you're about to stumble on a boss fight, and then sometimes it's built up. Oh, it's a brilliant game. The fact that this was made mostly by younger staff who were just determined to make the best freaking game in the world and just poured their sweat and blood into it kind of like was poured on me the other day in the operating room exploded yep (laughs) Uh, i absolutely love it it's um it's if there was any question about what my ranking was going to be my score by the end of it there wasn't because it ended so satisfyingly it it's kind of like alien and aliens those first two alien movies you're liking them a lot, but then they end in such a satisfying way. Like, you're so complete by the time it's done. Super Metroid, for me, is joining the list of 10s. It is a 10 for me. I can't see me giving it anything else because what the crap else? 
what does Samus have to do for me for me to not give it a 10? Like, what else could she give me? What else could she possibly give me, Johnny? This, this makes me want to be mad at you because of the lesser than 10s you've given Mario games and such. But I gave Super Mario World a 10. Did you? Yeah. Okay, then I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what 10s what have I given? Sonic 2 I gave a 9.5, that, which was close. Notoriously, notoriously. Me. <laughs> And your wife. And I think like the original Zelda I gave a 9.5. Yes, and that's a 10 all day long. Well, I probably didn't give it. I don't know what you, I, you, I think you gave it around. The, I think you gave it a 9. Have I given any 10s at all? You gave Sonic 2 a 10? Yeah. Mario 3 a 10? Yeah. Did I give Mario 3 a 10 or a 9.5? I feel like I was probably a 9.5. Did I give... But I gave Super Mario World a 10. When I give Ninja Turtles 3, because in my brain it's a 10. That now. was like a 9.5. Yeah, all right. Okay, anyway. Earthbound, I think that was my other 10. Donkey Kong Country 2. Yeah. That was mine. <clears throat> all right, so maybe I'm the one who's tougher on games. I'm not even meaning to be. You know what it is? I feel like your scores are close to mine, maybe slightly higher sometimes. The really bad games, I think you're tougher on. Maybe that's what it is. But the really, truly great games we've covered have been more in my wheelhouse slightly, like Donkey Kong Country 2. Yeah. So, you know. All right, well, uh, I'm not going to add anything that you haven't already said. Obviously, this is a great game. I really like this one. Of all the Metro games I've played, which is three of them, I know. Uh, this is the one I've liked the most, for sure. I thought the music in this was incredible. The atmosphere in this game was incredible. And any game that does something like that, to me, is going to get bumped up and scored just from that. I mean, that you know, the Bioshock series, I mean, it harkens to that. I think this had even had some uh, influence on games like that and uh, maybe even, even the Halo series, which is two. You know, Bioshock and Halo are two of my all-time favorite game series. And I would dare say that there's some Metroid influences on those. Yeah. So uh, this game is historically important, I feel. I understand your 10. I did have moments where I was not happy playing the game, where I did feel lost, and even having the map helped me zero. But I'm very dumb. I'm throwing that out there. I know I'm stupid. (laughs) However, I did get frustrated at times. It wasn't fun. But most of the time, I was enjoying myself. And I definitely can see myself going back and playing this game. So, with that in mind, I'm going to give this an 8.5. I really like this game a lot. I actually... This pun is intended. I dreaded playing this game. (laughs) Because I just had a feeling I wasn't going to like it. Because I've historically not really cared for Metroid games or any games where you get lost a lot. Yeah. Just not something I enjoy. Even though I really like games where you explore and collect stuff. So, I don't know why... But I, so I just knew going to this, I was, <laughs> I was kind of dreading it because I knew you were going to love it. Most people love it. I was like, man, why can't I just be normal like everybody else? <laughs> but thankfully, I really did enjoy this game a lot. I'm giving it an eight and a half, but I totally understand your 10. And I could easily be influenced to a nine. So uh, eight and a half. This is most certainly, for sure, uh, Retro Blist approved 100%. Uh, and that's, you know, that. I mean, I'm sure they'll put this on the next game, next Metroid game. Oh, yeah, that we approved this one? That we approved Yeah, it. Was that, that we approved Super Metroid? Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say right quick, you brought up something. I don't enjoy getting lost in games either, and we've covered a lot of games on the show that, ugh, I can't stand to go back and play. I'm like, Tailspin. I keep picking on Tailspin. We played a lot of games, though, where you just get lost in their maze-like. Heck, the stupid home improvement game. Um, but... Because this game does it so well, it totally changes it for yeah, me. This game is true quality, for yes. sure. Yeah. 
All right. Well, so, real quick, uh, are we doing the double F? Fan feedback. Fan feedback. already have uh, the Instagram, Instagram pulled up. Right. If you go to at RetroBliss on Instagram, uh, Trevor, let me see how many... Oh, man, this <laughs> video had 18 views. Oh, so boy. this thing is just killing it. Go check it out. <laughs> 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 Trevor really does work hard on this. So uh, please uh, help that channel to grow. Uh, so I'll read a few of these. we got some good feedback here. Uh, Il Asville Art. Uh, no, I said that wrong. Gave three hearts, which is really good. Uh, Steve McMario said, all-time classic, that's super good. Jerry, terrifying. Ah! I've had this game on my shelf for decades and never played it more than a few minutes. Not sure why. He's bad as me. Yep, but he wasn't sure why. Uh, Jerry, we're very curious if you go back and finally play this, what do you think? And Omar0824 said, I played through it once a year ago, and although it was hard, I had a lot of fun. I I would agree with that. Uh, I'm hoping to get the same thrill with Metroid uh, Dread. I must have Metroid Droid. <laughs> Metroid Droid. <laughs> Metroid Dread, which I've heard good things about that one. So. Oh, yeah. So that was all the feedback for Instagram. What about our Facebook? So on Facebook, we got some good feedback. <laughs> Christopher Scholes says, Super Metroid is one of my favorite games ever. I'm just kind of bummed out we didn't get more games like this on actual consoles. We had two great Metroid games, the original and Super, and then the rest were pretty much handheld only. We got the Prime series, but of course they weren't the same to me. Oh, I almost forgot about Other M. A lot of folks hate that game, but I actually really enjoyed it. And I could not agree more, Christopher Scholes, about the fact that it's a shame that we really only got two 2D Metroid games on the consoles. And then, you know, we got some great handheld ones, but but Metroid games have been so sporadic throughout the years. It has not been a series that Nintendo has consistently pumped out games in. Um... Daniel Chavez says, well, it's no Tales Adventure. This isn't a bad choice. Seriously, though, this is my favorite out of the Metroid series and among my top three games of all time. I remember spending hours trying to find every hidden room, completing every part of the map. But how does it fare against the official voices of all of retro gaming? Will they enjoy the game that's mostly responsible for spawning my an entire genre of games? Or will they crush my ever-dying spirit? Well, Daniel, um, I hope my 10 did not crush you, because uh, I can't go any higher than that. That's the top of our scale. I hope my 8.5 uh, gave you hope. Yes. I think when Johnny gives a game that's kind of technically all about getting lost, an 8.5. That, you know it's good. It's, it's, it's probably a goat. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say, I don't feel it's a goat, but I understand why other people give it goat. Does that make sense? I also kind of hate that goat because I didn't used to know what it meant and I didn't know what people were talking about. I only know of it because of sports. That makes sense. And yeah. I follow basketball pretty hardcore. Literally the only reason I know. Um, of course it stands for goats of all time. Yes. Goats of all time. Christopher Kellogg said <laughs> Christopher Kellogg said seriously if this gets rated higher than a certain final certain fantasy title I'll never forgive you. Oh no. Kidding. It's a good game. Oh thank goodness. And in most 
certainly did get rated higher. Uh, Timmy Max said he's never heard of this one. How is it? Oh, Timmy. <laughs> I thought he said he went back and gave real feedback, but I'm not seeing it. He likes it. That's all we can do. Yeah, we know he likes it. Yeah. Joseph KOK says, possibly the only instance of returning to a game after 20 plus years and not only holding up, but being better than I remembered. The soundtrack was wasted on Baby Me. The contrast of the funk of Brinestar with the honing despair of Meridia. That's the part. Oh, such beautiful music. Uh, the controls are madness-inducing at times, though. The wall jump made me think I was literally losing my mind. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. So, overwhelmingly positive feedback. And um, I think it's as good as Bubsy 3D. That's what we're agreeing here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. Super Metroid, <laughs> as good as Bubsy 3D. Now, uh, Trevor, I think it's time for everybody's favorite game show. That, of course, is the Bash Quiz. I'll go first since you went first on the review. So what I did is with Samus or Seamus as I kept wanting to say, mm. uh, being a, a total kick butt lady, right? Mm-hmm. I thought, well, what are other franchises that are kind of spearheaded by uh, kick butt ladies? So that's what I did. You're playing the a version of the IMDb game here. Uh, your first one is uh, Tomb Raider. For the Sony PlayStation, the original one, mm. uh, came out November 15th, 1996. Uh, going to climb, swim, backflip your way through a maze of cryptic death traps. Uh, this, of course, is a game I do want us to cover one day. Uh, for the original PlayStation, came out in 1996. Trevor, there are 13 scores for the meta score. What do you think the meta score is? If you get within, what do you think is fair? 10%. If you get within 10%, I'll give it to you. So, I know it wasn't considered a masterpiece. I also know it wasn't considered the worst thing ever. But I don't remember what exactly the critic score was. Hmm. I'm going to go 50%. 91. Whoa. That's beloved. What are you talking about? Wait. I'll even... I'll wait, even, did you not say Tomb Raider? Yeah, I said Tomb Raider. The first on Rotten Tomatoes? On, uh, no, on Metascore. Metacritic. The user rating was a 91? The No. <laughs> the user score was an 8.4. Okay. The I'm talking about the actual critic reviews. There's no way it was a 91. I'm looking at it right here. I can tell you. Look, listen to this. Uh, Game Revolution 100 gave it a 100. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Okay. I thought you were talking about the movie. <laughs> I, put, I said for the PlayStation. I said, yeah, but I thought you were talking about the character from the PlayStation. Why was I thinking? You said IMDb game, didn't you? Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Uh, the okay, EGM, well that's my fault. I wasn't listening well, apparently. I'll give you a second chance. What did EGM give it? If you get within five points, I'll give it. I know this game was boring. out of 100. What did EGM give it? 95. And you got it. It was a 92. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, there's no way the Tomb Raider movie was that good. No, now you got me curious what the Tomb Raider movie did. 
Oh, wow. Well, that, that blew my mind when you said that. Okay, yeah, yeah, the Tomb Raider remake is supposed to be fantastic. <laughs> uh, are you ready for your first question? Uh, are you going to look that up? Yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes score of the original Tomb Raider movie with, uh, oh, what's her, Angelina Jolie? I want to say 36%. That's my guess. 20. 20. Ouch. Yeah. All right, yeah. what's that I thought? All right. So I actually thought this was pretty cool. Okay. What two things were combined to make the title Metroid? Was it, so was Metroid a combination of a Japanese pop group and a type of fish, subways and robots, or the name of a street in Osaka and a noodle dish? All right, so famously, we were just watching when you got here. Ah, a <laughs> this is really going to help you on Gaming historian video where you're just telling how some of your uh, Mario characters got their names. Yeah. And it's very funny how some of them got their names. <laughs> so a lot of them have to do with food. Uh, like dishes and stuff. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go, I think it's one of those. I'm going to go with the last one. I can't remember exactly what it was you said, but. A street in Osaka and a noodle dish? Yes. So I was actually helped by the fact that you watched that video then. <laughs> oh, that threw me off. So Metroid, I love this so much I can't explain why. Metroid, Metro as in Subway. Yeah. And Oid is from Android. It's like a subway and Android. Oh, I said that's too easy. Yeah. So that's why I didn't think of that. <laughs> that's literally where Metroid came from. All right. No, uh, I just want to point out that I, I gave you a second chance on which. All right, here we go. <laughs> In 1975, Trevor, a series that lasted. This is the series. This is not a okay. game. This is a series. A TV show that lasted three seasons called Wonder Woman. Uh, it was on TV. Uh, Deanna Prince, a true Amazonian with special powers, fights bad guys uh, in, in classic wham-bam comic book style. Uh, this lasted three seasons, about 59 episodes. Uh, this The only thing, it wasn't very... If you're into the comics, it very much strayed from those. <laughs> I will say that. But the IMDb score, Trevor, which is out of 10, mm-hmm. if you get within 0.5, do you think it's fair? Yeah. Give them 0.5. I'll give it to you. What is the IMDb score of the very famous... It was, it was actually really popular for a time. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of my dad's favorite shows uh, when, he, when he was younger. Right, so yeah, this is the Gal Gadot recent movie. <laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> so within 0.5, I'm going to go 7.8. <laughs> oh, no. You're so close. But you're just out of the 0.5. 7.1. Oh, all right. Even I can do that math. That's why I'm so proud of that. So, Johnny, good luck. You get another chance to guess a name. Okay. <laughs> so, where did Samus Aran get her name? Oh, good lord. This is another good one. Was it A, from the Bible character Samson? Was it the first initials of five of the key developers of the game? Was it a football player? That's three choices. So, Samson from the Bible... The developers of the game, or a football player. B. No, it was a football player. Okay, yeah. So, Pele. Everybody's heard of Pele. I yeah. don't even watch football, soccer. Yeah. The famous Brazilian football player. This is so weird. So, they thought that his first and middle names were Samus Arantes. The Samus part wasn't even right. The Arantes, that is his middle name. But they thought his name was Samus Arantes, and they liked how it sounded, so Samus Aran. But, yeah, his name wasn't even Samus, so that made it even better. <laughs> All right, Trevor, so it's one to nothing, right? Here yeah. we go. They really shouldn't, you know, I gave you that one. I'll Here we the go. bonus question. <laughs> if I have to. No. 
Uh, I like to have something I can hold over you. Um, <laughs> all right. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Not the show, the movie. The board game, okay. Yeah, the board game. <laughs> the movie. From 1992, a horror slash comedy, uh, PG-13. I will say that this is a movie that I haven't seen in a long time. I need to go back and rewatch it, but I remember loving it when it came out. Hmm. Uh, for Buffy Summers, nothing is the same after she meets Merrick uh, Smythe and... He tells the team that he's been sent to train her to fight vampires. And I'm going to say the Rotten Tomato score for this movie, out of 100%, begin within 5%, it's all yours, Trevor, for 1992's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, what is the Rotten Tomato score? Within 5%, right? Within 5%. Okay. Keep in mind, this is the only hint I'll give you. Just because I like it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I'm going to go 70%. 36. Oh, okay. Well, the ones I missed, I wasn't even close. <laughs> Johnny, that means you still have a chance to tie me. This is another... Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to give some history of the designers and stuff during the episode is because my my questions are very obscure. So... Uh, 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 Yasuhiko Fuji... Yeah. The, the enemy programmer for Super Metroid, who did an awesome job, as we both said, designed the enemies. Yes. He said before the fight with Dragon, who was the boss of Meridia, there's a group of Evier, I think they're called. They look like frog larvae, and they're just kind of floating around in a weird yes. pattern. Yeah. Um, they Their movements actually trace out something in Japanese. Oh, wow. And it's, this, is, this is really obscure. It's something he snuck in and was praying it didn't get caught, and it didn't. So it came in the final game. Is this secret message uh, A, a reference to the Greek mythology succubus, or B, a reference to the first Metroid title, or C, a confession of love for his girlfriend? Automatically, I'm thinking it's either A or C. So that's what I'm going to narrow it down to. Uh, read A one more time. Uh, reference to the Greek succubus. Okay. Uh, reference to Metroid. Yeah. Or confession of love for his girlfriend. Uh, so th I think it's something to do with either the succubus or the love for his girlfriend. I'm not saying those are related. <laughs> I'm just saying those are two. I think it could be. <laughs> uh, Which one do you think I wouldn't make up? Maybe there's a question. Uh, there you go. All right. Uh, love for his girlfriend. We'll go with that one. You got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, basically put a I love you message to his girlfriend and made it in the final game. So we tied one to one. Oh, man. So, wow, what a uh, great ending for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's been Metro Super Metroid. Uh, stay tuned. The next game we're going to cover on the regular Retro Bliss will be... Oh, it'll be uh, Chuck Rock. That's right. Because, why are we doing that? Because our director level on Patreon... The $5 level. Michael Thompson, as our longest patron, we gave him the first chance to pick a game we cover. It could be basically any game... That, uh, we, that we're capable of being able to play. Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, yeah. NES, Game Gear, Game Boy, Game Boy Color. Yeah. But lots of others. And he picked Chuck Rock. We're going to play the Sega Genesis version if you want to play along. I think I've played this game, but it was a rental at best. So it'll pretty much be new to me. I... Remember this game barely. I don't have a lot of 
uh, experience with it from what I remember. But it's one of those that I always remember listening, hearing the name of. So, Chuck Rock for the next time and the next, uh, and stay tuned for the next, uh, we're playing Lilo and Stitch on, uh, Pocket Reviews. Yeah. So, stay tuned for those. Uh, we very much appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> you are, uh, I'm not eating another McRib. Not not before we record. I feel like I was doing that to help you. Thank you. So you weren't the only disgusting slob on this show. <laughs> I knew it would happen. Like, game would genuinely... Believe it or not, I held back on this episode. I freaking love Super Metroid. I freaking bought Samus toys. I've got you Metroid did, yeah. toys. You, you have. You have, yeah. <laughs> I'm going crazy. So, uh, so stay tuned. If you love our grossness... Uh, I'm sure we'll be able to help that. It'll nah. keep continuing. For Trevor, I'm Johnny. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I should have saved the burp for right here. Yeah. Perfect out. <laughs>